Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of... What's up, bro? On a special May 4th edition of hey, the Town Podcast. You. Exactly. You know, it's a special uh, occasion that we do it on Wednesday, so I just figured, you know, happy May 4th day. You know, you know happy Star Wars day, bro. <laughs> and so, you know, I was actually thinking about that, man, and I was just like, you know, um, Star Wars is like an international thing, and it's known as Star Wars Day here internationally now, you know. And, um, you know, I don't think Mayo de Cuatro, like, you know, or Cuatro de Mayo, like, translates, cuatro very, de Mayo. translates very well. Into they say the it whole, backwards. Yeah, into the whole May the, May the Fourth Be With You thing, you, you know what I mean? But it is International Star Wars Day, actually. And, uh, yeah, man, it was a good weekend. I mean, uh, I... I, I uh, What'd you do? Well, actually, we're doing a special show on Wednesday because I actually had a Tuesday wedding um, yesterday. <laughs> Tuesday wedding? Yeah, my guy. Hey, Anthony Bourdain would have. Uh, Anthony Bourdain would have liked it. Yeah, I mean, you know, my my. Uh, His my, thing was, you know, do things on Tuesday. Go out on a Tuesday. You know, really? So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I hope he didn't uh, pass on a Tuesday, man. Rest in peace. I don't but, know. Uh, yeah, I, don't I didn't know. know that. But anyways, my my younger cousin um got married and uh in out in rancho palace verdes and he wanted to save everybody the uh um you know weekend and i was like oh dude this is like the most thoughtful thing actually because everybody has stuff to do on the weekend especially in the summertime you know there's nice things to do and it's like good luck getting a venue right now that's really really nice right for it's all booked for Plus sure the weekend you're kind of expected to hang out for both days right and it becomes a longer thing yeah, and I mean, if you really care about your guests, really, <laughs> just make it on a Tuesday or Wednesday because they These go people there. that are never going to be there when you're going through your marriage and all your problems and your crisis and everything, you know, <laughs> they're not going to be there. But, you know, like I said, it can't go too late because it's on a weekday, right? So it's the first time I've ever been to a weekday wedding. But like I said, I, I mean, I had a good time and, uh, uh, you know, highly recommend, actually. It wasn't long and drawn out like most weddings and... Uh, kudos to my cousin to that and you know the crazy thing is that um i forgot in chinese tradition we give like red envelopes right which is just basically envelopes of cash right you know you know at the wedding a lot of times you know in lieu of gifts sometimes right you know I, I, right but the thing is like i left mine at home so i actually hey, venmoed money him. money talks man money's good well i venmoed him like 
<laughs> instead i was like this is like a digital wedding gift man and i was just like you know what um let's just do things the modern way now you know have have a wedding on a tuesday I'll Venmo you the money, and then we can save the paper, man. You know, save- <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Venmo. No more red, no more red envelope. Venmo. There you exactly, go. Exactly, exactly, man. So, uh, I know you were sick over the weekend, man. So, uh, tell us a little bit about <sighs> yeah, your recovery. Dude, my uncles were here. Yeah, um, ended up getting sick, and then tried to rally and go out with them on dinner on Saturday because we went to a nice place, but it just didn't work out, man. And then. Since then, the uh, past couple of few days, oh my God. Remember I told you we had picture lock on the film? Well, yeah, not exactly. There's still one outstanding little scene they're, they're um, going back and forth on. So oh, that's a little annoying. I mean, you and know, like, we're going to be, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, it's, you know, artists, they, they, they just want everything perfect. And then, yeah, you know, they have the producers that also have a say. There's just so many cooks in the oh, kitchen. Oh, dude, there's so many movie, cooks right? in the kitchen. There's so many cooks in the kitchen on this. Yeah. Um, so it's just the like the producer uh, has, um, you know, gets to decide the final decision. You know, if he wants to, he can take it and go edit it. And, you know, that'll be the film. So I see. I see. Um, I don't know exactly what that's called. I forget. But uh, anyway, yeah, but hey, that's, you, you know, that's what he has. Real quick. Last week, we kind of you had those bat cats, right? And that was for yeah, oh, I, have a, ba- I have a cat story. Um, but what were you going to say? Well, hold on. Uh, yeah. Before I won't let you forget your cat story, but I'm saying that it, were you making it because the new Batman actually came out, right? No, no. OK, anyways, have you seen the new Batman that came out? No, no. Oh, <laughs> man, your kids are going to love it. But I mean, I guess it's kind of like an adult adult theme. I don't know if you let your kids watch. Batman. I haven't mentioned it. Usually they'll you know, if there's something they want to see, they will they'll, they'll let you know. Well, uh, it's on HBO Max. So <laughs> anyways, but uh, oh, yeah, no, then. OK, I mean, it was in theaters anyway. So I wanted to actually ask you because because you had the Batcats last week, like who's like your Batman? Because, you know, I mean, is it Michael Adam King? West, dude, Adam West, you know, the original old school uh, vintage, you know, um, remember the Batman TV show, man? Like that was that's, like that's what that's from. Yeah. yeah, Adam West and I forget the other guy's name, but uh, Burt Ward. No, that's in the film in the in the show. But um, okay. yeah, that was that was my first Batman. Mm, okay, okay. But so when you think of like an actor playing Batman, you think of that at Batman, huh? Because like that Batman, well, I love first. that. Yeah, I love that Batman too. But uh, like I said, when I when I was a kid, I mean uh, the movies were uh, Michael Keaton, right? But um. Uh, Keaton, Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer then... yeah, George Clooney one, and then it was, and then it became the modern one, right? But I do remember watching those old school, um, sixties television, the pow, you know, bang, like those, th- that was, uh, that, those Batman the graphics, and those graphics were awesome, man. Up. It was awesome. I, I mean, to me, there's honest, nothing else like it. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, you know, the Riddler, it was like, uh, you know, riddle me this, riddle me that kind of guy. He wore like a bunch of question marks. The new one has like a Riddler that's like kind of like a he's like an incel, like one of these online freak guys. You know what I mean? So he doesn't actually have like question mark. It's super dark, actually. Um, check it out. Yeah. If you if you haven't watched it, I mean, I'm not ruining anything. It's a Batman movie. You know, Riddler is one of the. Yeah, uh, no, I, r- no I'll, I'll see it eventually. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Dude, you know, I'm just I'm so damn busy. Yeah, for um, sure. Not to mention, we uh, we're going to be moving um, across town, and we thought we had a house all rented and set up and everything, and that fell through. So oh, no, <laughs> what, what do you mean? Yeah, everything that I thought was all set and settled is like boom, you know, all blown up now. But no, the good 
story, the cat story. Um, it starts yes. off kind of bad, but it ends, it's, um, well, it hadn't quite ended yet, but it's going better now. Um, so we got a new cat not long ago. His name's Nico, a little gray cat, sweet thing. He has this um, neurological um, disorder and it makes him kind of turn his, his neck weird. Okay. And, um, but he's just really sweet. Um, and then we noticed that he uh, was eating less and then uh, he wouldn't come downstairs to get his food anymore. Oh no. And then at one point I saw him and he just looked out of it. And I was like, sweetie, this something's wrong with this cat. And she's like, do you think I should take him in? I'm like, yeah. Okay. And if I hadn't uh, um, said that when I did, like within a couple more days, he possibly could have been dead. Oh, thank God. He has a cat uh, COVID um, like feline COVID. Oh my God. And it is incur. (laughs) No, it is incurable. And so um, we heard uh, through a friend of ours that um, there was a Facebook group that had some kind of, a, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> um, they had some kind of treatment that would actually work, that actually works. And so the wife got on uh, our friend's Facebook, because neither one of us does Facebook, and got in touch with the group. And they got back with us and we were able to locate someone that was in like West Hollywood. And so, um, you know, we took the cat over there and, and got these shots and started giving them shots. And dude, the next day, the cat was already starting to act better. Hey, feel better. He already had those... fluid on his stomach. And if the fluid would have made it to his lungs, no more. He was, it would have been done for. And they're was saying it, uh... that, what's that? Was it a Meowderna shot? Sorry, I had to do that. Too. Oh <laughs> I'm a little stoned, bro. So, like, uh, anyways, go I'm on. out of it, dude. I'm, I'm like slap happy at this point. You may have to, you know, kind of carry me a little bit today. But, um, but as as of now, we have to give the cat this shot for like another, um, I don't know, three or four weeks, and then uh, we can start giving him a pill. But originally, it was supposed to be 84 shots. Like, four days 84 fucking shots yeah and the first couple of times the shot did not go well and then we finally figured out a, a, a system with towels and kind of making like a little burrito or whatever or a calzone and um i'm able to hold the cat down while she gives him the shot and actually the last couple of times he really didn't fight it that much mm. um so i think poor cat well and we also have some food ready to go we get like this little churro that's in a little stick and, and you open it and you let him sniff that and he's like, oh God, yeah, give me that, give me that. And then we give him the shot and then we give him the churro and some food and he just how much does a, like how crazy. Much does a, how much does a cat COVID cost? Uh, cat COVID shot cost? <laughs> Say that. Dude, <laughs> it bad. used to be like um, 12000 10 to $12,000 for this treatment. And then what? the wife was saying something about like 1700 And But then um, somehow we were able to get it for 700 which is still expensive as hell, but dude, yeah. this, this cat is just so sweet and just, um, you know, I, we just, I, we love animals, you know, we can't, if we can save the animal and it's just this shot, you know, um, and you know, he's doing better. He's doing much better. He's eating and he's coming downstairs now and he's, um, well, almost back to his normal self. I'm glad, man. I'm glad, man. And, uh, but not me, I'm tired as shit. You know, I'm stressed beyond <laughs> belief in everything. I haven't slept in a couple of days, but <laughs> Cats are good. The cat's good. Oh, that's good, man. I, I'm I'm glad, man. But uh, uh, speaking of uh, 
animals, actually. Hey, I wanted to just bring to the attention um, of a couple of alumni from this podcast, actually. Uh, Willem Wolf, actually, remember uh, my, mm-hmm. my buddy that he did a remix with, uh, also DJ singer, also Billy, Billy Idol's son. Um, he has mm-hmm. a new article on um, uh, NoHo Arts District, actually, that they put out. So that's t- the writer uh, uh, has been on our podcast. He's been on our podcast. So uh, if you if you have some time, go ahead and check out Nor- uh, NoHoArtsDistrict.com. There's a new article um, basically on uh, Willem Wolf, man. So please uh, go check that out, man, um, if you're interested. And, uh, hey, I just wanted to... Uh, also show you this funny thing because i know teach i know you care about the ukraine a lot man do you right so i mean you know you you follow that news and everything like that right so um it's funny because like i just wanted to show you this i was browsing through my pictures um from when i visited the ukraine and actually um I, i i came upon this uh this image right here and uh check this out (laughs) you see this teach Good grief. This is a, this is a toilet paper toilet with, paper roll with Putin on it. With a, I call it pooping on Putin, dude. Okay. So, and I took a picture. <laughs> I took a picture of this. This is actually in 2016 that uh, the, um, it, it, uh, you know, I took that. So, you know, that conflict's been going on a long time, man. And it's just funny because, uh, um, like I said, it was it was so like lighthearted back then. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They're selling this. Yeah. This I mean, guy, you know, and now but anyways, man, well, we always kind of knew the dude was a thug and an asshole and everything. And now he's just proving it. You know, he's just yeah, showing himself. Definitely, man. Well, hey, I hear our guest today in the waiting room, man. And it's a gentleman by the name of Matthew Aaron. And, uh, you know, I saw some of his art when I was out in Indianapolis. And, um, you know, we just had to get him on the show, man. He's a member of the chosen few. And, uh, you know, I'm real excited to have him on the show, man. And, uh um, like I said, his stuff is super dope, man. So let's, let's bring him in. Put on your red shoes and dance the hey, welcome, Matthew. How you up, doing? Man? Hey. Good. Can you hey, hear me was- all right? That was super yes. smooth, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're so excited to have you, man, because, uh, you know, um, I just wanted to preface this story real quick. I was on a business trip to Indy and, uh, you know, I was actually eating at one of those uh, one of a great restaurant out there, Bluebeard. And I was just walking towards this restaurant and I saw this amazing uh, uh, dynamite on the wall, man. And then, you know, I had to do some further research because whenever I see uh, street art, in like a, a, a little Midwest town in India. I know, you know, it's done by some cool people, man. So we did a little further digging and some uh, people that we like. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, d- you know, he- welcome, Matthew, to the show, man. Um, you know, thank you so much for Thanks being for on joining the show. us today, man. We appreciate it. Where, where are you joining us from right now? Oh, the pleasure is mine. Listen, I'm in Indy. I'm in Indy now. I tucked away into a little bedroom upstairs in the house so that maybe we won't get bothered. <laughs> Nice, man. I love nice. your piece on the wall behind you there. That's yours, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What's what's the medium of that? It's on canvas, right? Uh, yeah. I use I use a ton of house paint, man. Um, most everything I use is like exterior house paint, but on canvas. And 
I've just always been splotchy and shitty with. How's my language? Do I have any? Uh, Dude, no oh, worries. No, we're, we're all good here. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I've always I, I love I love to make a mess. So it's a uh, it's thinned out a little bit sometimes with water or whatever just to splash it in a little bit and, and mix it together. But just anything that'll make a a, a splotch, you know. Awesome. Nice, man. man. I dig it. Yeah, now, what, love... um, how did you end up in Indianapolis? I've always Where been. Where are you from originally? Uh, um, I grew up about an hour north of here. Uh, and I, I grew up in military school. I've always kind of been a hooligan and I was always in some sort of trouble and, and riding on shit. And uh, Indy's sort of the big city in, in Indiana. Um, and it may, maybe even a, a little bit even around here, you know, for, for a ways, maybe five hours in many directions. Yeah, this, totally. This hub. Uh, so growing up in a, in a small town, I always wanted to get here. There was, there was an art scene here. And I think the, uh, that, that's probably what brought me to, to, to Indianapolis when I was right after high school. Uh, oh, okay. And I was so you started up. early with the art then, huh? We've had people on the show that, you know, some people never meant to be an artist and all of a sudden they're an artist. You know, it's, you never know uh, how some people are going to end up being an artist. But when did it start for you? No, then I like, I, I ran away to become an artist. I, that was, that was literally it. When I got out of school, man, I, the, I, I told my parents I wanted to go to art school and they said, no, you should go to business school and maybe take some art classes. And I was like, no, maybe I could go to art school and maybe take a business class. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to pay for art school. So it was easier for me to just go become an artist. So I just went and worked and I ended up um, getting a job in photography and photography paid my bills for 25 years. I worked for a company called Clear Channel Entertainment, oh, uh, photographing yeah. rock stars uh, at the big concert venues here in town. The, uh, uh, um, the, they're, they're the cable and the billboard companies basically right clear channel right yeah nice yeah, nice. Yeah. nice yeah they own all the big concert venues and they own radio yeah 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 absolutely yeah man that, that's super cool um, man you for know a second there i saw you, i thought you said uh queer channel um like is in gay queer queer no. channel but queer channel I, you have to no. excuse me today i'm a little out of it i didn't sleep much the past what couple the of days had a rough <laughs> past couple of days so i'm sorry they've never that, contacted but, um, me but if i if, if they're listening you know I, i'd be happy to work for queer channel as well i didn't know it was even a thing but that's <laughs> all they, that expendable like, income man you, you know what they I mean? sound like, like wonderful people and i i love to paint for anyone so it's just cool. oh yeah oh yeah that is the perfect response, my friend. That is a perfect response right there. I like. Well, thanks that. for having me. I really appreciate the platform to 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 announce that kind of thing from. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I love your energy. Matthew. Well, these days, dude, you know they keep track of everything. You know, everything you do or say is going to come back on you. You know, who does? You mean everybody? Um, like everyone's watching constantly. You can't get away with saying anything, or you have to own anything up anymore. That's it. You just you just have to be honest and true to yourself because you're gonna have to fucking pay the consequence sooner. Somebody's gonna quote you on some shit, and you're gonna have to say, "Oh, I did, I did say that because you have that shit on tape." Yeah, and then they <laughs> might attack you, like on stage, like with Dave Chappelle. I heard, uh, I heard Dave Chappelle got. Uh, did you hear that? Listen, uh, I heard such a tiny. I, I got like the headline, and, and I, I read it, and it was like they attacked him. Stupid story, filler, 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 and then the last line was like. The guy had a gun and a knife. <laughs> yeah, what the yeah. Fuck? 
Yeah. Oh, and by the way, he had some, you know, serious weapon. What the? Whoa, uh, James, do you know anything more about this? Yeah, I mean, okay, so apparently it was like a 23-year-old, um, his name is like Isaiah Lee or something like that, that attacked him. And uh, what happened was he just, he lunged at him on stage at the end of the show and uh, basically tackled him. I mean, to be honest, he, he, he didn't really use his knife. Um, did he go for a double leg or did he go for a single and try to go for the... No, nah, he kind of went for like a no. smear with his shoulder. Like, you know what I mean? And then, and then uh, just, just attacked him on stage and like kind of like tackled him. And no, then wait. it's a gun and a knife, which made me think of like taxi driver. Like this guy is like packing. He's like <clears throat> in attack yeah. mode, right? Yeah. But the thing is, like like I'm saying, if he wanted to, uh, apparently the, the knife was a, I mean, sorry, the gun was a replica gun. And then oh, he also, <laughs> yes, I mean, I don't Dude, know. That shit will get you shot just as much as anything. That, I mean, For real. You know, you have anything that looks like that, someone sees you having that, like they're your open game. And, and I'm saying that deservedly you, so, I'm afraid. If you bring a fake gun to a gunfight, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matthew, have you ever been attacked? Well, not like that. Uh, well, you never no, know. No, no. I, we I ask a, all I kinds a, of fucked up questions. So <laughs> I have a wonderful, peaceful life. Thank, thankfully, I was a bartender for many years, so I've had some wonderful altercations. And I grew up in military school, so I sort of fought. As a as a kid, a bunch. But can you tell us a little bit about that before we we get too far away from your childhood? Like what how, what is military school like? Because I imagine like is it for like the troubled kids? Like do they send them off to military school, or is it like kind of like this? Uh, um, yeah, what was your experience like? I mean, there's different kinds, I'm sure. I'm sure there are different kinds. Mm -hmm. The one I went to, most of the people that I went to school with, um, is a boarding school, so you're there 24 hours a day, all the time, all the time. Um, okay. My parents, I stayed at, I stayed during the summers too. Like some kids went home, and like had casual summers with their, with their families and, and their girlfriends and that kind of shit. But I stayed there and I and had like camp kind of experience. Um, it's, it's like that camp from well, the that Simpsons can be good that and that can be bad. You know, I mean, how old were you again when, when this started? Uh, 15, I guess, 15, something like that. I was like a, a a bad I was a rebel kid right and my mm. I, military school was the threat uh, uh <laughs> that, that I tried to call their bluff and they were like ta-da and they I they sent me and I ended up in a fucking real like a like fatigues real. and boots and doing push-ups yeah. and trouble. like private pile basically like it's kind of like real that. man for real <laughs> yeah. like, okay do you, all do, do you feel like it helped you some um it's a, it was a great education from a bunch of other bad kids. So I think it's like going to um, juvie or going to jail or mm. spending some time in prison or spending some time in the real military, maybe even, yeah, you know, yeah, where yeah. it's a, a, a camaraderie with brothers and, and a bunch of people who know a bunch of other shit and oh, everybody shares everything. So we learned how to tattoo each other. We learned how to hustle. We learned, you know, we learned all kinds of like I'm, I'm sure your parents are like, <laughs> wonderful. Fuck, my this parents is... were like, this totally blew up. You know, it totally blew up in their face. I learned to smoke and and I, uh, you know, even more rebellious. And then I was strong too because of mm. school, you know? And it was- Do you have any not, siblings? It, yeah, I have four sisters. I don't have any brothers, so. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, so you, you were kind of like the, 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 the only boy and they were like, you're too much to deal with. We're gonna send them off to- uh, I'm the black. 
for sure. Okay. For well, well, welcome to the club because this this is this show has yeah. been you know showcasing so many like Black Street people. And actually, it's funny because we had a um a shout out to Humans Make Art, but a, a girl, a street artist who actually got sent to the same uh you know that uh it's like school camp board. No, school, dude, that wasn't a military school. That but was, it was a like fucked a, up place. Yeah, really yeah, fucked up that, place that, where that, she got uh, taken advantage of. And um, uh, yeah, that was like well, I mean, Paris, Paris Hilton, Hilton also got sent there, right? And, so yeah, so my my point is that you know, welcome to the club. We're happy to have you. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, we're you. so we're you're so normal happy. to someone somewhere, dude. You know what I mean? Everybody is normal like this, to somebody somewhere. It sounds like I found my my ilk right here. <laughs> awesome, found your man. village. Yeah. So so basically, um, you, you know, so you went so you went to Indianapolis. That's how I kind of felt too. Indianapolis was like, um, you know if you're coming from LA or New York or Chicago, these are huge cities, but I mean, in the Midwest, I was surprised at how big Minneapolis and how bustling Minneapolis was too. You know, there's like um, so much history there, like right in the middle of the city, there's like these big monuments to like being a part of the union army. Right. You know, and then just like, there's so much rich history of America actually right there. So I didn't know uh, that. I just know it for Indianapolis 500. Yeah, it's I mean, sports city too. Lots of people come here. That's the that's this all all the tourism for for Indiana is certainly sports related. Football, basketball, and the and the race. Mm, definitely. Nice. Man. Tell me something, uh, Matthew. Where where do you feel like you got your influence that you, uh, from for your art that you do? And can you kind of describe uh, to some degree some of your artwork that you do? Hmm. Where it came from. I was born in 1972, and that. Mm, that meant that I got the privilege of growing up with MTV and I watched MTV constantly. Uh, music tell when, when those initials meant something, uh, you know, yeah. and it, it was real back then. Um, in like 84, something like that, Bruce Springsteen born in the USA, kind of like U2. I remember so many great, so many great bands from that time frame, but, um, Dude, I'm 53, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, so there was this ridiculous show on on MTV at the time um, that was like a dance club show with a girl named Downtown Julie Brown was the host and oh, yeah. was in the Palladium, <laughs> New York City. And the back wall of the Palladium um, was painted by Keith Haring and behind the bar had been painted by Jean-Michel Basquiat. And those were the first real pieces of art I ever saw. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Indiana where you're not going to you know, see much, uh, yeah, you know, different kind of artwork. You'll see decorative I artwork, whatever, but you're not going to. Yeah, I wasn't exposed to anything that, you know, like, uh, you know, the the Lower East Side of Manhattan or the the East End of, uh, of, of London, you know, the art scene in a small town like I'm from is is literally like this many books in the library that's the whole art scene <laughs> that i was exposed to um and there were no cool kids there like no 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 line of people like waiting to to, to want more the, the books yeah nobody i didn't i was never challenged by who got the book in front of me you know uh so i came from a place where no one nobody cared there was no competition i got out uh because there was no exposure to anything I came to indie it's so much better and uh that whole like american pop art thing was huge to me andy warhol and and herring and basquiat those those artists like 
Love that, man. I love that. Man. I feel like yeah. I see a little bit of Basquiat in your work. Uh, um, thanks. Uh, <laughs> what do you say to that? That's a, that's awesome. Um, I, I hope I, I, of course I'm, um, I'm influenced by a bunch of different artists. I, I really love a, a guy named Cy Twombly and, and so did oh, John. Oh yeah, I know who Cy Twombly is, yes. So that's actually probably more of a, who I'm influenced by. And Could you spell that John out for was me, also, so it kind of makes sense to me that that's where that comes from. But uh, uh, that's an interesting perspective. I've, I've been really blessed to meet a bunch of people that were uh, friends with Jean-Michel over the years, so. Teach, can you spell that? Man, that makes all the difference in the world who you actually get to hang out with as far as artists, you know. Uh, Cy Twombly, uh, James, that's uh, C, uh, C Y, and then Twombly is T W O Twom. Got it, got it, got to... it. Cool, man. I'm going to pull up some of this just because just so, I've never, you know, I, I'm, I'm the musician of the show, and I know that Matthew, you're also a musician as well, too, right? So, uh, you know, I, it was, I, always... I was in a band for a long time, and that shit put me on the road. and being in what was your st- instrument? What what instrument did you play? Were you a singer or what? Uh... I actually sang and played guitar. I was the kind of singer songwriter for a band called Indiana. Indiana, you have a great voice, with- man. Oh, thanks. That's yeah, nice. Man. I, l- I listen to some of your stuff, and uh, um, you know, we usually if there's a if there's an artist that ha- also has some music talent, we usually put their one of their songs at the uh, end. So I'm gonna go put the one uh, one that you have on your uh, website uh, on as well that's too, great. man. Um, cool. Thanks. But, uh, but like I said, Magic Balloon, that's the one we'll put on, man. But, oh, great. Uh, but like I said, it, you know, when I was in Indiana, that's kind of how I felt. I go to a lot of these Midwestern cities and, you know, you don't see a lot of art there. and You you don't see a lot of cool art. And then I just saw this like one stick of dynamite, basically, man. And how you drew it was I'm going to pull it up right now so you can see. And it was on the side of this like restaurant or something like that, you know, and I was just like. Hey, somebody signed it and it was right next to uh, like I, I saw like some Aldeas out there, some Samo, Samo basically, right? How did you? How so do there you, you go. Well, uh, there's a great connection right there. There's the other half of Basquiat's project, you know, in, in, the, in the late 70s in, in New York and Lower East Side. Uh, Aldeas and Jean Michel Basquiat together put made Samo, uh, turned that thing on and, and created what that was. Dude, how did uh, you meet? How did you meet Al Diaz, man? And did, did he ever tell you um, when he hung out with Basquiat? I mean, sorry, that's kind of a long question. But how did you guys meet? No, I hit him up after I saw, uh, you know, some documentary. I watched oh. the documentary about Jean Michel, and and I was like, oh, this guy's like so down to earth, so laid back. He's like the kind of guy you could have a conversation with. And then I found him on social media and was like, I'm your new friend. <laughs> and, uh, no that, since then man we've made that's awesome that, that, that he replied and was you know that, like met up with you and everything that's uh... he's one of my closest friends we've worked on paper oh, and canvas and brick and we've worked in the subway together we've worked in on every medium possible we've done shows we wrote a book together for for the plague we've done all kinds of things we're working on a new book right now do you think you um, do the that's podcast? Awesome, man. man. I'm fucking jealous, man. This guy we here, you know, with his influence. <laughs> I didn't have any kind of cool influence like that. I was a nerd coming in on the street art and shit. Well, no, you, I mean, you've influenced. I'm telling you, I saw that shit on, on the downtown Julie Brown show, and there was a Basquiat behind the bar back there. Like he had painted, he had painted the whole, like a mural inside the, in, in the Palladium. You could see it every once in a while on screen. 
and there was you could always see the the Keith Haring and it was fucking dope and I fell in love with that shit and the chance to like uh, connect with people who knew those people um, as the internet came you know just like this thing uh, you know one thing leads to another and you get to you get the opportunity to talk to somebody yeah I, yeah al was great he was what i thought he was you know he, he was way down to earth and super cool and and easy nice. for me to, to get along with and you gotta put in a good word for us dude, man if, that's, uh, that's see if awesome. he's interested in coming you never on. know a lot of times oh, these guys end up being assholes you know your heroes <laughs> yeah sure 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 it's sure. awesome when what were you saying cool james people. uh what were you saying get him get him in touch with us or what no i was just saying put in a good word man because uh you know we've had like, i will guys put in a good word I, I, we have a few friends in common i uh i know I that was just oh good luck buddha i saw good luck buddha uh was yeah, commenting on some of your work no, I was just down in Austin with Buddha, uh, and he's done some work here in town with me. Um, oh, cool. But I was in Austin for um, South by Southwest, nice. and I think you guys know Sleep is Famous from down there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, he's very cool. Um, I love that little TV head thing, man. That's so. That cool, thing's a, that's a great fucking little throwy. He gets that thing up. It's real cool, man. Dude, when, I, when I went to Seattle, I was like, this. I thought that guy. I thought he was from Seattle because he like owned that city, <laughs> like you know, with, that, with those slaps, yeah, man. Yeah. So. It's so cool. And I saw actually you did some collaborations with Cornbread, man. I mean, like that. That's oh, just man, check it out. I'll tell you a cool story. I'll tell you a cool Hell story. Yeah, let's hear it. And it's all this stuff. Right. So um, Al and I had done a bunch of projects together. Right. Al Diaz and I have done a bunch of projects together. And he hits me up and he's like, hey, so I got this cool show that's at a place called Howl Happening. Howl, H-O-W-L. And I'm like, fuck, man, in New York City, that's real cool. I remember this book by a guy named Allen Ginsberg, a poetry book that was called Howl, and it's gotta be the same thing, Lower East Side. I'm like, I'll be there, I'll, I'll come to the show, I wanna check this out. So he's like, it's on whatever, it's on the 10th for the sake of the story, right? He's like, it's on the 10th. So on the 5th, I get in my car and I drive to Pittsburgh and I go to uh, the Andy Warhol um, Museum one of my favorite places, one of the most inspirational places for me to go. I go to the Andy Warhol Museum and I go to Andy's grave. I spend a night in Pittsburgh. I uh, wake up the next day and I go to Philly and I get into Philly and I call Daryl McRae and I'm like, hey man, you said if I ever I'm in town and today's the fucking day, here I am. And he says, awesome, awesome. Thank you for calling me. Where can we meet? Where can we meet? So I tell him I'm at this hotel and he says, uh, I'll be there. I'll be there in an hour. I'll come. I'll come meet you in the hotel. And I said, "Great, be ready. I have a little project I want you to work on with me." Great. So he comes in, and uh, I have a few canvases that I've already prepped. I have like my half done, and I'm like, "I just need you to like cornbread these up, Daryl." And he's like, "Oh, right, right, right." So he does his cornbread thing on the canvas. It's all cool, and uh, he's like, "This is great. Nice collab. Easy. No problems." And, uh, oh, look, there's one right there, right? Nice. So we did those, so like, in, nice. he did his part in, like, 10 minutes on the bed, right, in my in my hotel, <laughs> like, just sitting there, like, while I'm picking out T-shirts from his stash, like, because he brought T-shirts for me to buy. So I buy a few of his T-shirts. We go out and get some burritos. He takes me to an art gallery. We walk around. He shows me some fucking uh, Philly hand styles, you know, it's all that kind of great stuff. We're, we're talking philly history and his history which is fucking you guys know amazing amazing, 
yeah totally fun to listen to right <laughs> yeah uh, listen to that episode go check it out <laughs> but yeah oh not, he's i'm he's, talking to the audience but yeah go ahead yeah i'm telling you what like he's so on that he's so good at his no uh, g man like you know that's the only for real the- <laughs> for real right all right so so i'm having like a great time we go to this art gallery we're just like chilling it's real low-key just us hanging around town takes me around shows me philly in only in a way that only cornbread could nice. i go back to my hotel i wake up in the morning i leave town i go to brooklyn i meet my friend al diaz we're we were sitting in a gallery together looking at a show and louis guzman walks in uh oh, louis is fa- super famous artist uh, uh actor from carlito's way like super famous actor like you know him as soon as he walks in and uh i'm like oh shit al and he's like yeah old school friend 10 minutes later 10 minutes later lee quinones walks in the room right so i'm with lee al you know samo and cornbread in like 12 hours, you know, 14 hours of time. I'm with these three absolute, you know, the biggest names I can think of in the, in the game, like old school, OG, real, you know, the godfathers of this thing. Yeah. Uh, The guys that you really have to throw some respect to when you, when you go through this thing. So uh, that's what it's been like for me to, to know Al Diaz. My friendship with him has like taken me to, places I never even dreamt of and put me in rooms that were crazy, crazy experiences. And it really just came from some fucking reaching out thing like this, where it was just like, Hey, I'd like to talk to you and get to know you a little better. Dude, you made the effort and then you showed up. You got to show simple, up, right? Put in the work, you put in the work. Up. And also they took a look at your art and they're probably like, Hey, this guy's stuff is pretty cool. <laughs> like, you know, I'm mean, stuff. That's like the subway signage from the, from the New York city subway and it's red, black and white text. Uh, so the dynamite thing, he was like, really, it worked out very well with his aesthetic. And uh, he was like, I could work with this. So I was like, that's like the most flattering thing you could ever do to a kid from Indiana and say something nice when you're, that huge you know oh, he's, oh, he's yeah, like man so see like i was walking... enough to inspire you for life right there yeah you know totally 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 i would have been holy shit i was walking and then i what basically looking at? I, I was walking in that oh. area and i basically saw this piece this lds piece and it said uh as well-known brand as in every town across the land samo basically you know and um it actually got made into like a uh public art piece right Here, here's the dynamite piece that i, I actually saw my uh, that i saw that uh, got my attention the that's first pretty place. big stick of yeah. dynamite yeah it, it was it was pretty big yeah i couldn't miss it man <laughs> you know what i mean uh, to be honest so, it was uh, like, uh, I like that. these two so, pieces were the only uh, like pieces of street art in the entire in the entire city where did the where did the dynamite idea come from Gosh, I started making dynamite in like 2009 when they closed my favorite bar and I painted dynamite on the side of the place to make it like we should blow the fucking place up because they turned it into like a dueling pianos shithole. Oh, and it was it was called the patio. It was, it was the best nightclub we had. Great rock bands played there. It, and they took my favorite stage and turned it into a fucking a joke. Dueling pianos. Dueling pianos. It, it was That's so harsh. bad. It was so embarrassing and insulting. 
and so I like drew dynamite on the place and and they painted over it and I would you know it was like it was a constant back and forth and like <laughs> there there wasn't a whole lot of street art there so there was you know it was like a battle back and forth for the wall for a long time also um, they would offer to come back right? and paint something else oh, just this dynamite over and over and over again I just kept <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck them. Um, I know mine! Yeah, yeah nice. exactly. Uh, so that happened, right? And then people were like, are you saying, like, fuck them? Like, we should blow it up? Or are you like, this is a dynamite place? And I was like, oh, it could go either way. So it became like a, a territorial pissing thing that I did, like, everywhere I went. You mentioned my band, and my band would go on tour, and every green room I would ever go to, we would do that shit, or every bridge that we walked across in every major city, you know, there's a stick of dynamite and, <laughs> you know, or a buffed one underneath some fucking layers of some shit somewhere. So uh, the dynamite thing has been going on for a long, long time. Dude, um, that building cool. that you're talking about, um, this guy named Nick uh, knew that I knew Al and he's like, do you think we could get a SAMO on the building? Ooh. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure we could, you know, like, Let's get out of town. So he was like, what do we have to do? So we line it up, we get out of town. Al and I go up and we paint that, uh, you know, as a well-known brand uh, in every town across the land, we paint that up on the, on the wall and there's a dynamite stick next to it. It's way high, it's on red brick. You can't really see it. I could care less, it's up there. I was super honored to, to get the spot, right? And, and like three or four days later, the the guy calls me and he's like the city just hit us up and they they gave us one month to to buff it off um like it's <laughs> like like you guys fucking tagged our of course <laughs> pissed you and I was like, fuck you know what i mean <laughs> i was like well fuck that so i hit up some friends of mine that from like the arts council and shit and fortunately i had nice connections in town with wonderful art people who have been very supportive over the years and this was a great opportunity for me to call on them and they were like right yeah so they hit it up they had up like the mayor's office and and they they ended up like saying hey dummies like that shit's in in museums and stuff you know that's that's a real thing go uh, read a book love it when you actually like can you know? oh it was so it was so great and of course you know it couldn't have been better press it couldn't have been better publicity and we got on the news and we got all kinds of so Nick Exposure. hits me up. He's like, nice. you know, congratulations and thanks for helping me keep the, you know, this or whatever, uh, as like a reward. You can have the wall on the other side. You can you can do whatever you want, but please put dynamite on it. And I was like, I'll give you a fucking. <laughs> you do whatever you want, <laughs> but I'd like to see some. But, dynamite. but there better be some fucking dynamite. That's like a that's a prerequisite in like ninety five percent of my commissions. It's like, can you? Can you add stars on strings or can you add dynamite? Love that. So he's man. like, uh, he's like, you know, I want dynamite. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a, a van sized dynamite. So it is a ginormous one. And it's right on the edge of town, uh, you know, right at the edge of the city. Um, so it, it's, it's a nice place. Indy's a sleeper a city, man. I mean, honestly, I was like, I have to go there for a trade show every, every two years. Dude, I'm sorry. It's too far north. It's too fucking cold. I'm a wuss. I spent I one cool. one one uh, winter in Kansas City. Okay, that's yeah. just barely north of the Mason Dixon line, uh -huh. and winter hit, and everybody like just uh, 
I don't know, they just didn't come out or anything like that. It and my car started sliding down the street, you know, when, the, when it got all snowy and icy and shit. And I was like, ah, uh, no. Sounds, sounds familiar. We're just like getting Indy, right? that now. Yeah. 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 And you're, you're up there next to the lakes, right? Well, I'm not that far north. Thank goodness. But Damn oh my it. God, that's even colder. The fucking wind coming off the lakes. Holy shit. You know, that's where I went to school. It was up, it, I, I was four minutes from the Michigan border. That's, that's where I went to school. So oh, that's where all those lakes you're, are. You're a better person than I am, bro. You're, no, you're a tougher was, guy than I am. I was terrible and it, it only made me bitter and shitty. <laughs> you're tougher than I am, okay? You're, you're tougher a guy than I am because no, uh -uh, sweet. no fucking way. I'm from Florida, bro. I'm from Florida. I escaped. You know, I'm, I'm out here in California now, but I'm from Florida. Uh, the Panhandle, Florida. Florida. It's like a redneck area, the Redneck Riviera, pretty much. Um, so that's I think awesome. it got a dusting, a dusting of some snow a couple times, you know, and we're out there going, ah, look oh, at this, wow. you know, it's only going to be around for like a couple hours before it melts. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Southern wuss, but um, much respect, bro. Much respect for all that shit, man. It makes you, it makes you who you are, you know? Um, if you hadn't been through all that, you might not have had the, the courage to say, fuck it, I'm going to drive, you know, to, to New York. I'm going to drive to to, to pittsburgh i'm gonna do this shit like people don't do that who don't go through some shit first you know yeah it'll make you paint dynamite on some fucking people's shit <laughs> that's funny that's a great way of looking at it it, hey, it gave me something to do for a long time and then people noticed it i yeah, i'm sure yeah. that i'm sure that's a very common story uh i was just fucking around and it, it, it caught on people noticed <laughs> it right sometimes yeah. sometimes but not, not always. But hey, you, I didn't have much competition. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. I feel like in indie, like that in definitely indie, helps. You know, like it's still kind of fresh. Like I said, the only two pieces of like street art, and I don't even know there's that much tagging actually going on in indie. You know, it's a little I mean? more tucked in. Uh, <laughs> tucked in, I like that. <laughs> you know, well, I like a like I said, that was like a reward for yeah. For a piece that was like way up high right like that the same yeah. is up and kind of hidden a little bit it's not exactly like street level yeah viewable or whatever you, ha you have to be looking kind of uh i think some people were mad because they were like how come that brand gets free advertising space and and we have to pay like <laughs> why does my why does my jewelry store have to pay for a billboard the, the corporate people yes I yeah, they get that spot. Why are they gonna, I gotta pay brand right there. Like, no one got the irony. No one, no one got, no one ever. Gets it. That, it's like, hey, that's why I had to be like, yeah, the dynamite's like a great thing. Yeah, it's like dynamite because <laughs> no one gets shit here. Dynamite. <laughs> I need that. Like, were you, were you a good times fan when uh, when it came? Was that of one? course, of course. Happy, I watched it, dude. There was four channels, okay? You don't understand. When Matthew and I were young, you know, there's like four fucking channels, right? It was that or a game show, I think, at that time. Um, you remember the, 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 the painting at the beginning of that um, show was so fucking awesome. We just talked like, about it, actually, recently. Are you kidding? Um, yeah, I who, love who, one of our guests brought it up. It? It's just such a beautiful thing. It's funny. Uh, and nobody knew. Nobody knew what the fuck. Oh, they you were know just what? like, oh, that's, that's what's behind the person that I'm paying attention to. And you know what, who who it was? It was it was 
King Create, one of the uh, old school graffiti writers um, that um, brought it up. And he said, basically, Ernie Barnes uh, is the uh, is the author. And we were, we, I'm going to bring it up right now. But we were talking about how much movement there was in a still painting, basically. Oh, right? yeah, totally. Then, totally. There's rhythm to it. You, you, yeah, can, you, know, you can feel them dance. It's it's just super mm-hmm. cool. And then, uh, yeah, one of our um, we had we had a we had a, a day yeah. where we were class- talking about classic uh art with uh, a couple you know King Create and Snyder shout out to them Snyder, both and then yeah. it was just cool because we got some classic uh, art experience uh, kind of like views from uh, some modern street artists you, you know so it was just super cool that painting that painting must have influenced a, a whole generation of people there there must be a a thousand kids like me who grew up during that time that thought that painting was was uh was what norman rockwell was to to people during world war ii mm. yeah. yeah 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 absolutely definitely. man you know I it was those people in their time the representation of america or something that that i could understand and like like i said i grew up in military school and most of the kids that i was uh going to school with were sent there by the city or the state or you know their were parent their parents found them incorrigible and and it was a last resort so uh, I grew up with a lot of kids from the inner city and that's what my friends looked like. And my friends danced like that. And I, I related to that shit in a real, real way. So, um, that, that painting meant a whole lot to me. It's, I guess it still does. It, it's awesome. You, man. you mentioned that guy, you know, the, the dynamite reference thing. JJ. And, Dino- and, <laughs> no, nah, man, that shit's classic. And yeah, you can't yeah. imagine how many times people say dynamite to me, but, I think it transcends uh, time, that type of painting, you know? That painting is, when people say that shit to me, that's what I think of, is that, that painting. Because, I don't know, that, that shit fucking, that must have influenced me in a big, big way that I, that I guess we're only deeply delving just in. You know, we're, we're just touching it right now. Like, yeah, I my love psych- that, man. Like, it's- finally, <laughs> finally a breakthrough. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Let me ask you, man. Speaking of the law, did you ever, I'm sorry, James, did you ever, uh, when you're doing pieces on the street, did you ever get uh, in any trouble with the law? I have. Did I get in trouble with the law? Um, (laughs) I never got in trouble with the law for that. I never got in trouble with, I never got in trouble. That's all I'm asking, bro. You know, you know, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to delve into any other things, you know, I've had my, my, my things with other stuff, but. um, No, totally. Yeah. I mean, everybody has. Good uh it, it, we'd be boring people let alone not the most exciting artists if we had never had any other experiences right uh yes. your palate your palate has to grow somehow you know i that's right that's right i got really lucky i never at least really seriously punished for uh writing on shit when i was younger uh though i was punished for all kinds of other shit you know they were mad at me about enough other shit that me writing on things was the least of their worries. Uh, I think they all tried to discipline the artist out of me as a young kid and, and thought that, mm. uh, I don't know, thought that they could- uh, Make a businessman out of you? Yeah, 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 totally. Well, it's, it's, it's like you're reading paperwork that I didn't, I didn't intend to send you. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you're, you're, you're close to my age, you know, and, and uh, I, you know, I, I dig your vibe and everything, so it's kind of easy to pick up on what you're saying. Right. My parents were baby boomers. They were, you know, they wanted the American dream for me and certainly not uh, a vagabond street artist. Like what the, 
you know, what kind of disappointing story is that to tell your cocktail friends? Uh, oh yeah, that's doing great. He's um, I don't know, trying to get an endorsement deal from Kryloners. You know, like what do you tell your, what do you what do you say? So I'm sure that the, that wasn't exactly the story that they were going for. Um, whatever. My my parents were luckily. I was lucky enough to have parents um, that sent me to art school. I went to Ringling School of Art in Florida. Um, you know, learned all kinds of shit and everything. But when I got out, um, I realized that I think uh, my dad was hoping I'd come work at uh, Eglin Air Force Base with him, maybe in the uh, in the graphics department where they do like you know design and and you know painting drawings of airplanes and missiles and shit like that right you know because yeah, i remember him taking me to work one day and showing me that and i was just like yeah that's interesting i don't want to do that though <laughs> isn't it weird our parents like that was the ambition for them that like they they wanted us to follow and steps like that's like what a, I, I don't know well, yeah, you know, there's, there's... that's probably a different show altogether. But that's not what I wanted <laughs> yeah. for my kids, like for them to like be me. I wanted them to like be happy, right? Right. I mean, it's tough, right. you know. I mean, I think like uh, previous generations, they didn't have so many options, and uh, you know, nowadays Gen Z, I mean, none of these jobs uh, sound like jobs, man. They're the Instagram, uh, you know, content. content. I'm a content creator. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then Finally. I take pictures of things and and type things, and I or, uh, push you buttons. Know, I manage the social media for this particular. <laughs> for this Finally, part, you know what I mean? It's just like the whole generation of people who can mock the guidance counselors who told us we would not have, you know, <laughs> um, calculators in our pockets one day. And you you won't always have a calculator have with you, right? You yeah, won't, yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, you just gotta carry sir. a calculator around. In 2020, do we do, sir? We always have a calculator. Always. Right. My encyclopedias, <laughs> ma'am. Let's talk music for a second, man, because we kind of okay, like, sure. I, I know the arts are obviously, you know, you're uh, number one, man, but you did say you were a touring they're musician. The for... They're the same thing to me, you know, they're both, oh, uh, like that. They're, yeah, it's, they're both it's both, both storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit would be fluid no matter what. And there's, like I said, I grew up as a photographer. So like That's true. Painting, painting has a, a place in my life and, and uh, I wouldn't be able to show you guys what I did if I didn't have a decent background in photography. Uh, I, you know, I use that every day. And frankly, the band is what gets me to different cities where I get to paint on a regular basis. So when did you start doing music? When did you start playing uh, the guitar? Um, God, I guess I always I always did. Uh, nice man. I, I, mean, I guess I'll. Who are I, you, I've never been good. I'm just I just pluck away oh. at the thing and uh, I like just. I oh, like I'm not good. Okay, like, you get me a guitar. You say you want me to pluck on it. You're gonna be like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Give me the fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like I thought I wanted to be a guitarist at one point, and then um, I saw how much practice it was gonna take and everything, and. I was just like, fuck, man, I'd like to do that because it looks cool as shit, you know? No, ditto. I can't tell you how many times I did the air guitar, you know, in the fucking mirror and, you know, rocking out to MTV and shit. I'm going to do that someday. You were telling my story. I used to dance with a tennis racket. Come on, you're telling my story. That's that's the way I grew up, right? And <laughs> and I was like, fuck all that practice. I'm never going to practice. I'm never going to practice a guitar. It hurts your fingers. Fuck all that. So yeah. I learned to, I learned to cheat. I learned how to cheat on the guitar. Uh, and I do what is called, I play cowboy chords. K 
campfire chords, something like this is a great way to play it. Box chords. These are great names for what I learned how to do. Super easy way to play what they consider rhythm guitar. I don't play big power chords or I certainly don't play like a lead. Like you said, guitarist. I'm not a guitarist at all. I play a little bit of guitar to write songs, right? It's just back. Oh, yeah. Okay, I yeah. understand. Matt, so, who are now. some of your influences, man? Because like I said, you have an amazing voice, man. And you know, you, me- you mentioned you two earlier and these are the big power chord stadium rock, but yours is more like kind of acoustic stuff. So, I mean, uh, you know. No, I love Springsteen and. Oh yeah, uh, Springsteen, yeah. You know, and James, I, I grew up with like James Taylor and Stephen Ooh, Stills nice. and, you know, or Stills and Nash, Crosby, oh, yeah. Nash, Young, all those guys, Stills, Nash, like, Young. Nice. each version of that, each, each uh, breakdown of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. I love that. Um, those guys have so much soul, man. For Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> talent. So Tons of that's talent. where like, that's where my love of like a, a, a melody and a, a heartbreaking song, that kind of shit comes nice, from. Man. I'm a Taylor. huge classic rock fan, even though my main discipline is uh, house music. I make house music for you know these kids basically, yeah. but I mean like obviously these kids. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm one of those too. You know, but you want to spell that? Can you spell that for me? It's a U N T S. But uh, no, I'm saying my my background obviously is uh, classic rock though. I love all those bands that you mentioned, and I play. I I totally understand because I never say I play guitar, but uh, you know I I. I've always I've always played as well too. You know, it's one of these yeah. things that it's like it's not my discipline necessarily. Like I'm a guitarist. Like I would never say that. You know what I mean? But it's like yeah, I, I play a few licks of this and that. You know, you know. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I totally get what you mean, man. And uh, yeah, man, I'm telling you, like guys like Crossfields, Nash Young, James Taylor. I mean, uh, you know, these are perfect campfire hanging without with your homies, cracking a few beers, like kind right. of a uh, kind of guitar it's, songs, man. It's smoke a joint outside by a fire music that's all that shit is and yeah i'm no yeah exactly i'm no um i i'm not a plain air painter or like a great watercolor painter or any of that shit either i'm not super disciplined in any medium of any kind like of anything i just i am i'm just really tell you it's not great right like what i feel like if i'd have like put too much effort into one thing i would have pigeonholed some creativity that was flowing instead and instead i just got to like grab a hold of little shit here and there and it was just energy that i was touching and not like forcing shit so i feel like maybe if i do i like the way you said that that's that's interesting i see that difference in the in people that i know that went to art school and the way that they aggressively approach their fucking thing what they do and and more power programmed they've been way too programmed well i mean in in a way i'm envious because it's like a real drive and they really know their thing and they fought for their thing you know what i mean like the the getting critiqued and and actually happening to listen to feedback like i'm sure people critique my work but i could give a fuck what they say right (laughs) it's so awesome to be able to have that you have no idea because i was i went i was supposed to be an illustrator Okay, like do, um, you know, children's book illustrations, magazine article mm-hmm. illustrations, which means you're constantly getting feedback and criticized. Yeah. And there were a couple of jobs where I was just like, you know what? Um, just tell me what it is that you want. Okay, I'm, not, I'm done trying to give you fucking ideas. If I could, I'd take my fucking arm off and give it to you and just let you fucking do it yourself. 
because <laughs> you know at some point it sucks ass you know to be able to, to do it the way you did it um you know you're going to end up with uh, a much much different uh end result than than any of these guys and i guarantee you it's it's going to be a hell of a lot less frustrating than having to deal with all these fuckers who have their opinion on your shit well i saved a bunch of time in my site by not going to 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 that you know instead of like putting myself right into the workforce or whatever that version of it is i'm not saying like i i put my nose down and went straight to work or anything i fucked off like any other jackass kid I, I didn't work hard i just worked i wish i would have fucked off for a little while after high school i went straight into art school from high school so i was kind of fucking off a little bit in art school and I remember seeing these other guys who would come into class early. They would have like all these other things that they had done. And they're just all this amazing effort where my effort was just so much lower than theirs. But there was a part of me that wanted to party and rage and shit like that, that never got to have this time. And it was kind of conflicting with that. And, and I feel like I, I didn't get as much out of art school as I could have if I would have taken, in, you know, even just six months or something like that and just fucked off, you know, just... Totally. going across the country done some crazy fucking shit and just literally found the edge maybe fell over it a couple of times came back and then figured that's out you valuable. know what yeah that's that's, most, that's hella valuable totally it it's it's more it's more important you know when you, i went like i came from a small town where people discouraged you from being an artist people would say like no one ever makes it as an artist. You'll know you, there's no, you, there's no way you're going to have to end up, you're going to dig ditches. You're going to have like a factory job. You're going to end up like fucked because like stupid Ray wearing motherfucker. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, I heard, I'm not paying for your hair dye and fucking mascara, you know, and I didn't wear hair dye or a mascara. And th then I was like, fuck, I'm going to go out and buy my own goddamn hair dye and mascara. But the, <laughs> The whole like idea of we're, we're, of I'm, gonna take, I'm gonna take a hit too of my my <laughs> the weed man. But go ahead, yeah, I love it. No, the whole idea of the whole uh, small town and getting out and art school and ambition and all that thing that the gut that gets you out and and that's what makes you who you are, right? That's got to be the out of your comfort zone yes. right basically making you know, the effort and getting out there and actually doing it because I, I i tell people this all the fucking time too i'm like don't go to art school like i did you don't need to i learned more outside of art school than i did at art school and at that, now with other art artists school, they never showed me the the business end of it like they should have you know so they yeah. didn't say okay so this is how you promote yourself this is how you do this this and the other no they just taught me some fucking art and sent me on my way and i was just like fucked so well just like my dad people. it's really hard to teach somebody something that they don't want to learn you know and my trying to insist that i have a business thing and 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 put art on the back burner and to me the art was really the only burner that mattered and the idea of uh going to business school as as a entity the the whole idea of that thing tainted the uh, the my ambition you know my my drive or whatever I, I wasn't doing this as a business i was doing it because i wanted as a passion basically See, that's, that's how you know you're an artist you know what i mean that's the like, only thing i've ever you been feel able. like you know what that's getting in the way of what i want to do <laughs> all this business and all this other shit i'm supposed to be doing is getting yeah. in the way of what i would like to try to do 
yeah, yeah. And that's that's a fucking artist right there, man. The other thing happens because life, you you either stay alive or you don't. Frankly, right? It, it either works for you, you find a way to make it work, or you, you don't end up telling this part of the story. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, that was my that was my commitment to this. Uh, was I'll I'll either be successful at this, um, and I'll have a a chapter that exists after I'm 50, or or I'll die trying, and no one will ever hear the story. So it, you know, <laughs> so you nice. have to when you make that commitment, when you make that leap, that's like a that's a huge thing to to turn your life over to art. When you, you're right. You're right. When, when you, you come from that kind of uh, environment, yes, absolutely. When when it's been uh, ground into, like uh, even Van Gogh only sold one painting, and you know, like these fucking like the don't say that as kids. You don't, you don't say <laughs> yeah. that to kids. But they, I came from a town where you couldn't make it as an artist, you know, and and I think that they didn't want to lose kids, you know, they didn't want to, to think that you were going to grow up and run away and never come home, but. I bet, I bet your town, maybe like mine, is, um, oh, hey, you know, uh, that, 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 that Keith kid, you know, he's an artist, we, we should get him to get over here and do this, you know, we could probably not have to pay him much money, you know, because it's just some art. You were on back Exposure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see too. how far up these I can get your ass, and then we can see what art is, you know, it's like. Yeah, I, I completely understand. That's. Hey, Matthew, I all, I just want to tell you, I love the subject matter, some of the stuff that you paint, man. I love the cats. I love the UFOs, man. I love the the, the, uh-huh. the skeletons. You know, you know what I mean. If you, where did if the you cats? Have, I, what what was what was the uh, the idea with the cats? That's so funny, man. I ride a one wheel. You guys are from LA. What? You know what it is. Um, I'll pull it yeah, up in dude, a second. Dude, holy shit! You got amazing balance on top of everything. Wow. No, I ride a one wheel all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I have to knock second. on wood when I tell you the story because uh, I had about 900 miles on on my first one wheel when I wrecked in October, and I broke the ball off of my radius. Uh, that little oh. bone right there for your thumb. Oh, I, I broke that ball off, and then I made this uh, other like fracture or whatever that went down that bone. Um, so I ended up in a cast and it like seized my hand up and then I ended up in occupational therapy to, to make it work again. Anyway, I was fucking bummed out and it, it's terribly depressing to be a guitarist and a painter and to lose your right hand. Yeah. Uh, and I was on the phone with Al and he said, um, listen, dummy, use your left hand and, and teach it to be as good of a painter as your right hand is and uh i kind of laughed at the impossibility of that fucking the way that sounded and he's <laughs> like he's like you can do you know you can do it go teach yourself to do it so i started painting cats and i called the whole series left-handed cats because i painted all the cats with my left hand it was just a control that i could manage to do and they got better and better and better uh as i was able to control my hand. You know, basically, an interesting story. If you're ambidextrous uh, and you write a ransom letter with your left hand, and then you get caught, and the cops come to you and say, "We think it was you," and you try and write it with your right hand to get away with it, you 
your brain makes your letters the same way, whichever hand you write with. So that shit's in your head and it's really just the motor control of your hand. So your art is already in your head. You just have to make your hand do it. So it really doesn't take very long to teach yourself to paint left-handed or it didn't for me. I think you guys could do it too if you tried or were forced to. That's kind of, you know, like learning Spanish because you're in Mexico, that kind of fucking thing happens. I learned, I learned Spanish because I was in Mexico with my left hand. I taught myself how to paint left-handed cats. So all those cats have happened since October when I broke my wrist. Necessity is the mother of invention. For real, man. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that without Al. Al said, don't sit around and fucking be depressed, man. Go do that thing. Yeah, I love this, man. I, like awesome, I said, man. I hope I you can put Al. in a good word for uh, for us. To, you know, we've had some of your mutual fr- our mutual friends on. We have Dave Navarro on. I saw that you did a collab yeah. with the da- uh, dual diagnosis as well. We've had, you know, Wordsmith on as well, too, man. So, uh, you know, it's just so happy to meet somebody that's, you know, from from someplace farther that uh, we all know each other, man. And if you could put in a good word, you're the first us. guy from Indianapolis that we've had on our podcast or anywhere near Indianapolis. Uh, <laughs> well, that's uh, great. We are super grateful. Do you have do you have anything coming up, like any shows or anything that we can uh, tell the people about? No. Nice. <laughs> I love that. Thanks. No. <laughs> I love that. Usually people are like, oh, well, you know, let's see, uh, there's this, and then, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, that's awesome, man. Listen, here's what I'm going to do. I, at the end of the month, on the 1st of June, I'm going to go to North Carolina and open up a little gallery in North Carolina that I'm going to call the Hostel, um, and there's an Airbnb hooked to it where you can come and hang out and stay, and uh it's right on the coast. Um, real cool little place called Elizabeth City, North Carolina. So I'm going to go open an art hostel and a gallery in a little place called Elizabeth City, North Carolina in hey, June. I'm so envious. Dude, look at this man. guy. I mean, shit. Holy fuck. Don't I have kids. Because... Don't have kids, okay? I got married and I got twin daughter, 11 year olds. What? years old. She's 22. Oh. 22. Oh, well, yeah. Now you can do what the fuck you want to because she's, you know, Amen. grown up and everything. See? See, this is why I'm going to North Carolina in June. <laughs> Teach us someday, dude. I got, twins. I got like what? Uh, my kids are almost 12 years old, so another six years, and then I'll be, I'll be a little bit more free. And, and dude, you've, you've totally inspired me, man. I really appreciate you being on the show today, dude. Man, I'll tell you what, it's just as horrifying after they're 18. You, you're just as worried. It's just about different shit. Oh no, no I'm not worried. No, that's, that's not what you inspired me with. Just, just the effort that you made with your artwork. Oh. And, you know, and, and what you're getting ready to do in June, you know, um, that's awesome. Dude. Thanks. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks. You know, Thanks I go for to me, tell you the story. I dude, thank you for sharing it, man. I go to Indianapolis and uh, every every couple of years. And actually, like I said, we have a big trade show there where Teach actually uh, does some art at our trade show booths. And uh, next time we're probably going to have a booth. You never there. invited me to Indianapolis, dude. What the fuck? my goodness my goodness soon soon i said soon we're gonna have it but like i said we didn't know we didn't know matthew out there yet too and now we have a familiar friend and a weed hook so thank god amen <laughs> listen we'll definitely all stay in touch this sounds really cool man i've really enjoyed talking to you guys oh yeah man thank you so yeah, much thanks matthew. so much for your time the stories and uh, again your, uh, the inspiration man can you drop your socials so uh you know people can follow you basically 
or if they oh, want. I have no idea. I'm just like me on those things. Um, I'm Matthew Aaron. There's a couple of underscores in my. Yeah, we'll Instagram. post it up. We'll so, tag you, man. Yeah, it'll be and, yeah but you can find like I, I found dynamite is a great hashtag for me. Um, um, that's that's a, that's dynamite. A, if if you go to that thing or uh, blind tourist broken teeth is like that's what I. One last question: Where did that come from? Blind tourist broken teeth. Um. Well, it's, I've I've found that a bunch of people that I was really inspired by in my life and my writing career, um, from Kurt Cobain to Basquiat, had all been inspired by this guy called William S. Burroughs, who wrote a book called Naked Lunch. Burroughs was like fucking crazy he shot his wife doing a william tell thing like with an apple on her head no shit um oh, shit. crazy crazy william burroughs he's like a heroin guru a guru of heroin. okay anyway he inspired tons of heroin people basically but he did this cool thing this one thing that i think is wonderfully wonderful where because i love typewriters right so he would take a page and um, with no punctuation um, and no, no capitals or anything like that, the stream of consciousness, he would write just whatever came to his head, blah, 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 top to bottom, all the way down. And when he completely filled up the page, he would, with some scissors, cut it up into little pieces and then drop them on the ground and then pick up all the pieces and put them back together in some random ass order and tape them together and pick it up and read out whatever it, it, it said. So all this shit is like in your subliminal fucking headspace, right? It's things that you think about, things that it's a poetry that exists that you would never write. It, but it's there with your um, tongue space. It takes up all your, your imagination and your head thing. And uh, so like the girl I was dating at the time, um, she did a, she made like, crowns and bridges um for people who broke their teeth um you know if you chip your tooth or whatever she worked like she she's the girl who made bridges and limb plants and stuff like that um so the words broken teeth happened in there um blind tourist i'm always a tourist right because of the band thing and going blind is a serious fear of mine because i i'm an artist right i, I hate to go blind it was just like things that I had mm. fed in a stream of consciousness and cut up. And when the words all, they all were on this page together. And as I was reading the page, it said a ton of shit. It was a whole fucking page of shit. Right. But those four words were like, it's you like remember that. that suitcase in Pulp Fiction when they opened the suitcase and it's like, oh, yes. <laughs> those four <laughs> words were like, oh, like it, that shit turned on. And I was like, wow, man, if you think about it, it's kind of like, um like what a the way a fortune cookie would read or like the moral of a story like when i was a kid it would be like confucius say um man who wet man spits in the wind or some shit like that right like some some <laughs> dumb thing right like obviously that's just yes, like captain obvious right thanks for that um so blind tourist broken teeth to me read like if you don't pay attention to your surroundings and shit. If you go into a situation and don't look around, know where you're at, you're pretty apt to fall down and fucking bust your nose open and break your teeth or whatever, you know, like, 
So it was like saying heads up or be careful. Uh, it was really a great coincidence when I met my friend Good Luck Buddha because he was also spinning this fucking really good luck message that was just like a positive way. People have also read this as like some threat, the blind tourist broken teeth thing is like a violent threat, which it never was. But people see but themselves in your work. Totally, totally, totally. Like the terrorist fucking me. And it's like, oh man, it was about a fucking bar. And yeah, you know. I love like the, I, said, uh, I love this little. You gotta be careful when you say that to people sometimes, though. If you're, you know, you're like, well, you know. You, you're saying that, but you know, people see what they really are in, in, in artwork. So you're basically, you know, yeah. So you got to be careful who you say that to. I love this Mr. <laughs> Magoo with the dynamite, man. I love this cartoon as a kid, man. And this is when you, the blind tourist broken teeth thing, just like uh, this was a great representation of it, man. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to steal, you might as well steal from your fucking childhood idols. That's it. But that, that was like the great the that, when I saw it? Blind Tourist, I was like, oh, that's that's, that's the greatest way to say Mr. Magoo ever. Like, that's that's so fucking. Terrible. I remember there was like a Aladdin one, um, Mr. Magoo, and that was like one of my favorite cartoons growing up, man. Like, I would always watch that one, you know what I mean? But it was like a special edition of Mr. Magoo or something like that, man. But hell yeah, man, I, that cartoon gave me good memories. Cartoons man, so. were special back then, right, man? Like, very violent. That's true. You know, Very, I'm sure that's drawn was, by men was, with PTSD. You know what I mean? Oh, was <laughs> but, his name Chuck Jones? That guy who like yeah, he, he yes. did like a Wiley e. Coyote and that. You know, I mean, certainly that's Acme must have something to do with my dynamite sticks and the way that those are drawn. Uh, you know, the whole like the idea of blowing shit up with dynamite, like dynamite and quicksand. These aren't things that really are a huge troubling um, problem in my life, but the cartoons that I grew up with made me think that they were, you know, they were coming. Like, look out. <laughs> this is going to be a part of your life. <laughs> There'll be roadside dynamite. There'll, there'll be traps <laughs> with a box and a string. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mavi, man, next time we come to Indy, man, we're going to we're gonna hang out. And uh, please, thank, please, you, thank please. you for coming on the show and just sharing your story with uh, the Paint the Town podcast family, man. Definitely going to have you on after, uh, after North Carolina because I'm curious to see, uh, see what happens there. Yeah, oh, man, I can't love, wait to show you. I can't wait to show yeah, you. We'd we'll love be, to have you on again, man. And we'll follow you and post your stuff, man, like we do uh, all our guests, man. So thank you so much, brother, for coming on the show today, man. And No, uh, the pleasure was mine, fellas. Thanks for having me. It's, oh, yeah, it's man. It's an honor to be a, a little white kid from Indiana, and you guys are giving me some, some love out there. So <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. And put in a good word uh, with uh, Al Diaz for us, man. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon, brother. All right? I'll talk to him. Y'all yeah, oh, yeah. be good. Thank you so much, Thanks, Matthew. Guys. Take care. Take care. Peace.
Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.